All right, so I've had like 16 hours in a car in the past three days, so I don't really have a good opening. So um, I'm going to use a lazy one, which is um, when I was out in L.A. Uh, yesterday, I had two, you know, clipboard people? I, well, sorry, what'd you call me? The clipboard people, the ones with their some sort of cause that they're um, supporting or against, or <laughs> they want you to be ambivalent towards the people who want to sign you up for something. I've never heard them. Are you, are you allowed to refer to them that way? Is that, is that okay? Clipboard people? Yeah. I don't think that, that I, I can't think of a world where that's offensive. I, I haven't, well, I just, I haven't heard that term, so. Well, aren't they always holding clipboards? I don't think they've moved to iPads yet. <laughs> They're not living the multi-pad lifestyle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe they, maybe they are, technically does that count if there's two of them? Um, anyway, the, <laughs> the reason I bring this up is they always have really, like, clipboard clip, now you maybe feel like it's, Cli- it's wait, like, Cli- Clippy? Is, is he back? We'll call him Clippies, sure. Okay, that, I think that's better. Do you remember when Microsoft brought uh, Clippy back just to kill him off again? Like, it was like Office 2010. They were like, yeah, let's bring him back. And then it was just a marketing stunt. Well, yeah, then there was something recently, like a, a two or three weeks ago, where he like came back for a day, but it ended up being, I think, like some third party or something. And then Microsoft basically told them to, I don't know, give him a cease and desist or something. Mm. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry, I, I've, I've derailed your story. So the, the clipboard. Oh, I don't people. really have a story. But, oh, okay. Um, yeah, the, that doesn't seem to be much of a thing in the Bay Area, at least. Mm, um, mm, well, you, mm, you yeah, have downtown you a bunch in 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 set like in in your neck of the woods, um, uh, in the financial district slash uh, Rincon Hill, not the East Cut. I'm not. I'm not seeing a huge amount of clipboard people there. You must. Uh, you must find the little pockets where they're not, because there are there are other distractions and. Uh, concerns but uh, yeah i don't know no right right in the neck of the woods that i know you know what i'm talking about right right around the the area that that i work there's <laughs> very cryptic mm-hmm. they're uh they're definitely out and about yeah okay uh also before i finish the clipboard people thing it is really nice to not be uh in a place where people are talking about technology all the time mm. like where you can sit in, in a coffee shop for five minutes um, and it does not have to hear about a startup or about um, Node.js or AWS. Like it's it's very it's very nice. Well, it's a really good thing you don't spend two hours every Wednesday having those kinds of discussions. It's a good thing you avoid that. Hmm? Oh well, we we but we don't talk about we talk about good T words. <laughs> <laughs> well, and actually, we really don't talk about T word stuff much anymore, anyway. So, well, again, this is this is why we haven't workshopped a good name. But I think at episode two hundred, we have to rename the show because it's only it's sixty percent sparkling water talk, and then apparently twenty percent you thinking I'm calling clipboard people an offensive name. <laughs> I don't. I, that's that's entirely inoffensive. Um. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, so. But yeah, it, it's nice to not hear about uh, technology discussions or visa. Just uh, the Bay Area is, is, is so. So what do what fun. do people what do people in Southern California talk about? Yeah, they're talking about their screenplays and their their bullshit. You, you know what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you're in Irvine, they talk about pokeballs. Anyway, so. <laughs> um. Yeah. So the clipboard people they have there were two really um startling uh. Uh, what are the opposite of pickup lines like attention grabbers which uh, the first one was when i was walking by uh you seem really cool do you have two minutes and i literally said wrong 
And then the other, <laughs> or I don't think I said I, I said something similar to like, yeah, that doesn't seem right. And the other one was, um, you seem like you care a lot about people. Do you have two minutes? So they're very, they're very kindly aggressive. Did, did you just say wrong again, or did you come up? No, with and, and the there? first time I didn't say wrong, but I said something <laughs> to the effect of, yeah, that's yeah, nice try. But here, like in the Bay Area, they're a lot less common, but it's much easier just to say not today or whatever. Like, because there's always people doing that outside the Berkeley Bowl. I need to say, yeah, not today. But yeah, but I'm 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 not used to the uh, catchy um, Southern California um, attention grabbing lines. Can I make a confession here? What? Sh- sh- uh, sure. Sometimes I just do the the cell phone thing. You pretend to be on a. F- yeah. Hmm. If I'm, you hmm. know, if I'm just in one of those moods where I just, you know, I can't even, as you would say, I, I, I just... don't think ever. Yeah, that's that's a thing. I do the fake cell phone thing, but I don't do it for that purpose. <laughs> uh, mm, I, I tell tell me more. There, there's very commonly. This is one of my hangups about watching TV. This is why it's very frustrating to watch TV with me. Is um, do you ever get taken out of a TV show or movie when somebody is placing a phone call? but you can tell that they're not on the phone because the phone screen is on when it's next to their face. I actually had the opposite experience. We were watching the season premiere of Veep last night, mm-hmm. and there was a, a scene where there was a phone call being made, and then the phone was handed off to someone, and it was an iPhone, and it was actually on the call screen, which I was very impressed by. Because I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, listen, Usually... that's, that supports my theory. You, you were, you're just so attuned to it that you were shocked that it was done properly for once. I mean, my, my eyes are always drawn to technology regardless of the situation. Yeah. On the plus side with TV recently, um, like the products they use or the interfaces that are on screen are a lot less fake than they used to be. Like, I don't know if you remember like in the, in the mid to late 2000s, anytime a, a computer was shown on screen... It always had, like, it wasn't even a real OS. Like, it just had, like, this weird, like, what Hollywood thinks computers look like. I would, that makes me think of 24. Yeah, I hate that show now because it's, it's ex- horrendously problematic, but that was actually the key one I was thinking of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I've been in a lot of different offices recently, and it's it's very jarring that somebody, because the, the, the 24 ringtone was just one of the default Cisco... Um, like uh what are what the land phones the things that in inner office phones really yeah so yeah and somebody had that in, this was in an insurance company's office and i'm like that that brought back weird flashbacks of a time when television celebrated um uh less uh savory things i had that as my iphone ringtone for a while yeah it was, it was in high, it was in high school so you you can't hold it against me yeah, we all did dumb stuff in high school. <laughs> I don't even know where we're going with that, so we're just gonna let that go. So you know, some some people some people do drugs. You know, some people do other unsavory things, and some people put weird ringtones on their iPhone. Mm, I just read quietly. <laughs> <laughs> not on your not on your fancy Kindle though. Yeah, actually, we'll we'll, we'll, did... we'll get to that. <laughs> I remember in high school, I had a HP iPack that I read bootleg eBooks off of. Of course, you did. <laughs> Because uh, it was a big thing. Because, uh, yeah, Paul, uh, never mind. We have, we have important stuff to talk about this week. I'm mm, so tired. Do we? Maybe we do. I don't know. Uh, let's look through the thing. So, yeah, so uh, <laughs> you seem really cool, and you you look like you care a lot about people. So, yeah. Oh, thank, thank you, clipboard person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't mean any offense by that. 
again, that's not offensive. I, I didn't. I didn't make it up. I just. I, I heard it recently. It's. It's. Com- it's a completely. Um, I can't even think of the term. Innocuous term. Mm-hmm. Um. What were you talking? Oh, um. What else happened this week? There was one other thing before we get into actual stuff. Um. Oh, the, the last Southern California thing. Uh, don't ever go to Santa Monica because literally, um, it's San Jose times twenty for scooters. Mm. Like it's it's, but they're used extremely frequently. Like the community seems to love them, um, and they're less um, haphazardly placed. Like it's not like. Because you sent me a picture, I forget if this if we are talked this talked about this last week or this was recent, but you showed me like a creek in or like an <laughs> aqueduct in San Jose where mm-hmm. there were just and, it, and because it hasn't rained in a bit, it was dry and there were like six um, rusted out lime scooters or birds. Yeah, I think they were. I actually think it might have been a combination because <laughs> San Jose it's not the thing where San Francisco it's scoot and skip. I think are the two. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to zoom in on this picture here. It looks like it's, yeah, there's, it's mostly lime, but it looks like there are also two of what, what's the other one that used to be in San Francisco, but isn't bird. anymore? Yeah, bird. Thank you. Yeah. But yes, but in Santa Monica, they have, um, and Venice, they have like actual dedicated um, parking areas for them, which sometimes gets used, which is kind of neat. But then sometimes people just put them in the um, in the greenery, which is less cool. <laughs> you know the um, when I t- sent you that picture of the scooters in San Jose, <laughs> the other thing I <laughs> your wife knew. <laughs> the other thing, um, what what's happened to the show? Uh, Again, the, we got to change the name. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I meant to send you was a screenshot of my iPhone because. It was the first time that I was blessed with the AT&T 5GE logo. Mm. I thought you were going to say that you walked past an Apple store and you got the 449 10R promo, which happens <laughs> literally. If you have the Apple store shopping app installed on your phone and you didn't say decline notifications oh, I, every time. I very much have turned off notifications from that app. Then how are you going to know about these special deals? <laughs> The super cheap phone that Tim is making, he's using, I forget, what was the phrase he used in that weird CNBC interview? Like, he didn't say, like, financial maneuvering, or maybe he did. Just, like, more more creative uh, upgrade pricing or something. Something like that. Yeah, garbage. Um, okay, so we're going we're gonna to limit the T-word stuff to maybe five minutes this week, talking about um, air power, which, the, God, oh. it feels like a, a lifetime ago, but let's talk about all the other stuff that's not that. Please. Um... Oh, all our follow-up is related to Apple stuff. God damn it. Um, let, let's uh, push that for a second. I want to hear, apparently you had a run-in with some, or you, you had you came across something important at Costco related to our very popular uh, Stiller Sparkling segment. Yes. So the the lady friend and I um, earlier this week went, did our, you know, kind of usual like Target and Costco run. And, you know, you had informed me, I think it was last week that, there had been a refresh on the Spindrift supply at Target. And so I was, I was very excited to go to Target. That was basically the, the primary reason that we went was to restock on Spindrift. And in your defense, I went to a different location, so I, I won't hold it against you. But 
you know, go to the the very back of the store because that's where the the sparkling water is a target. It's like literally the furthest point from the entrance. Except for Bubbly, who apparently is paying <clears throat> Target a ton to put it in the front <laughs> of the store and on all the end caps. I do not think it's selling very well. Also, speaking of Bubbly, it comes in every form you can think of. I've seen it in cans. I, well, I've seen it in like two different style cans. I've seen it in, you know, plastic bottles with like the little screw top. Yeah. I've seen it in the liter size. I mean, it's it's, it's everywhere. But anyway. But it, anyway. Well, it's everywhere because it's not selling. <laughs> Fair point. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I, I, I journey to the way far back of the target, and there's basically nothing. There's like three packs of lemon, and everything else is just empty. And it's is this, like, is this Nevada or Centerfell? This was the Nevada location, which is why mm, that's, I'm, that's I'm not, not a target. Yeah, I'm oh, not, well, not going to hold it against you. But Costco adjacent, so it's tough to beat. <clears throat> exactly. So. And, you know, like you look around, so there's a whole wall of sparkling water. Mm-hmm. And every single other type and every single flavor, plenty of stock. But it's like you go to the Spindra section, empty. That's a revolution. <laughs> so I was a little disappointed. I mean, I, I picked up a, a pack of lemon just because I, I didn't have anything at home. And actually, lemon, I, I think, is my favorite flavor so far. Although we can maybe talk more about that. Well, but you keep refusing to buy half and half. Ugh, no. So, you know, I buy my pack of lemon, a little disappointed, but, you know, whatever. Life goes on. So then we go to Costco and, you know, had a whole list of things. And I wasn't even aware that there was much of a sparkling water selection there. So I, you know, didn't have that on the list. And we're we're walking in the back, uh, I think, to get some paper towels, which I know we've discussed recently is <laughs> like half the reason to have a Costco membership. And we were, we're walking down the aisle and, and the lady friend points over to our left and there's this whole section of a Spindrift variety pack. Yeah. So not only did they have Spindrift, which was kind of, again, that primary reason we had gone to Target previously, but they had a variety pack, which I've never seen before. So I don't have the picture in front of me. It was lemon and what were the other two flavors? So it's lemon, it's grapefruit, and it's mm. raspberry lime. Ooh. Okay, so two two winners and a dud. Okay. So I've had all three. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I, I had to try all three before tonight. Otherwise, like, what, 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 what are we doing here? Exactly. <laughs> so as I said, I guess I kind of spoiled it a minute ago. I think lemon is my favorite. Uh, it was the first flavor I ever had. So maybe you have some kind of attachment to it. I don't know. <laughs> And and then probably, and this is going to be unpopular with you, and it's weird because I, I actually really, really don't like grapefruit. Like the the fruit itself and really like most grapefruit flavored things, mm-hmm. I tend to not care for. Hmm. But I really liked the grapefruit flavor. You don't so, find it too bitter? I don't. Hmm. I also like the grapefruit or the uh, Pomplamousse uh, LaCroix. Which again is surprising because I I really don't like grapefruit anything else, and then you know, I, I I ranked the raspberry lime third, but not not because I don't like it. I, I thought that one was pretty good too. A little more artificial tasting, maybe, but maybe because st- still it's good because it's got a hibiscus puree inside of it too. Mm. So that's a little yeah. So not not bad, but I I just think if I had to rank them, 
um, I would I would put it third. But but the great thing is like because this is the thing with variety packs, especially from Costco, right? You get it, and there's like always the one flavor you don't really like, but the variety pack is such a good deal that you kind of just put up with it. Oh, absolutely. So, so it's kind of nice to have a variety pack where I legitimately like all three. That's good. So real quick to to do some uh, smart money math on this. It's fifteen bucks for how many? Um, we'd have to zoom in on the picture. I don't. I don't remember. I mean, I just kind of excitedly grabbed the box as soon as I saw it. I didn't. I didn't really critically think about it. So the regular price on an eight pack of Spindrift at Target or Safeway is six dollars, but it's commonly on sale for five. So I'm trying to see if this is worth it. So I, th- I think it says it's a thirty pack. No, that box looks too small. It does look too small, but I'm looking on the the price tag. I guess why do, why doesn't Slack let you zoom in on photos more? That's the real story here. Eh, you can download it. Well, just go to that's your what iPod. I'm gonna, that's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna download it. I'm gonna zoom in, zoom well, in, but, zoom but in. 30, pro- yeah, thirty thirty pack. Yeah. Wait, the, the image quality is perfect. Yeah, why does Slack not let you do that? I don't know. Yeah, so it's thirty cans for fourteen ninety nine. So hold on, five. Eight sixty-two cents each. Okay, now it's a twelve cent per can saving. That's pretty good. Hmm. Well, I'm glad Spindrift has uh, taken over. Yeah, a, a Lacroix and everybody needs a competitor, and Pepsi is going to fall flat on their face with the the bubbly thing. So this this is good. So you know the the other thing that I thought of, you had a good thought. I think this was a couple of weeks ago where you had said that you know Trader Joe's kind of seemed to be kind of ripping off Spindrift and that that, you know, Trader Joe's kind of ripping you off was like, that was a good sign that you've made it. Oh yeah. The fast follower thing. Yeah. Right. I feel like being sold at Costco in a very large quantity is also a good sign that, that you've, that you're popular. Cause I mean, you know, getting people to buy 30 cans of something like this, like you, people have to like it for that to make sense. Yeah. Well, no, that's good because uh, usually, yeah, you're you're totally right about the variety pack thing. Like normally, if you like it, like if it's a variety pack of like granola bars or something, it's usually two winners and a dud. So that's that's very good to hear. Um, although with the grapefruit, it kind of sounds like that. But again, agree to disagree. Cool. Yeah. Um, another kind of semi-related to this story. Just mm-hmm. you know, we we like to help people on the show. Dude, uh, going going to Costco. Like to, sure. uh, yeah, going to Costco on a weekday evening. That's that's a pro tip. So it's a really good time to go. Absolutely. That that's when anybody should do any shopping. You should I, try to I do... would say not to interrupt. I, I would say yeah. that early early in the morning on the weekends is also good. Because I've also done the like early Sunday morning Costco trip and that's that's also pretty nice. I remember from childhood that early early Sunday Costco means people are forming like the informal line at the door before they've even opened up. I Maybe see, that was I just think, in the Laguna Niguel Costco. I think I this is, I, I don't mean to overgeneralize, but I, I do think it's a little mm. bit of a Bay Area thing where I, I just, I just, I think things just get off to a later start up here because I, I, I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> it's where, like we're on Hawaii time? Kind of, because I'm with you where I, I can remember like, I, I remember it more like with like Target, but I, I definitely remember like lines like before the store would open. Mm-hmm. Like that's not really a thing up here. Yeah, wasn't wasn't there an ad for Mervin's with Ellen Generous where they were looking for like to open early or something? Or am I misremembering that? No, I, I couldn't tell you. You don't remember defunct uh, <laughs> clothing stores from the early nineties? Okay, <laughs> it's not really in my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and though the thing I was going to say about, um, sorry, LaCroix and Spindrift, that's kind of like the, uh, the fast follower thing. That's kind of the, uh, the lift to an Uber. So is that a segue or kind of, hmm. uh, yeah, that's what, we're not really going to talk about this much, but what is your take on the whole doom and gl- like the lift went public on Friday mm-hmm. and people are acting like three days of trading somehow means that every IPO for 2019 is doomed. Any thoughts? I mean, this is the, I mean, not, not to suggest that this is going to be the same long-term trajectory for Lyft, but I mean, this is the Facebook thing is, you know, when they IPO'd the stock famously dipped and was below its IPO price for some number of months. And I mean, that's, that's ancient history now. I mean, well, but, but the, it's, the, the other parallel that you can make is, is Lyft more of a Snapchat? Where again, it's it's fortunes where maybe it's going to be amazing and it, it takes off like a Facebook or it collapses. And with Snap, it did collapse. I mean, this is a really boring take, but anyone who is short-term investing, particularly with a small number of stocks or maybe even a single stock, I mean, I don't really know what to tell you. There's <laughs> there's risk involved. I always I, bet on pink. <laughs> But I mean, you know, also yeah. like, you know, breaking news here, but people are somewhat skeptical and, and rightfully so now, more so than say in the dot-com bubble of companies where, you know, they're unprofitable and there's absolutely no path towards profitability. Yeah, I would say I'm a lot more pessimistic on a company like Lyft or Uber than like I mean, if somebody went back 100 episodes and listened to... um one of the good ones when uh, it was back in the Travis days, where um, I was more gung-ho on the long-term prospects of these ride-sharing companies when driverless cars seemed closer. But it seems like in the past 18 months, that seems a lot less likely in the near term. I say, I, I, am I misremembering this? I thought I thought I was the one that said self-driving cars were going to be here soon. Or, or was I the one that said regulation was going to slow it down? Which one am I? I forget. <laughs> I don't know, but I think I was the one that was more bullish on it coming to fruition in the next five years. Okay, we'll we'll go we'll go with me being right. That that sounds good. Sure, no, and again, like that, that's uh, every everything on here, including clipboard people. Like again, I I will say that on average, I'm right most of the time. So, but like that's, and I, I mean, but uh, not not that you're wrong, but. Yeah, I don't know. Like that that seemed like the only level um the only path to profitability for them. Because yeah. like as what's that? I say you know what I you know what I could say now too is hmm. as an as an as an owner of a Tesla, I can tell you how far away self Oh, aren't you cars? Car, are. Isn't your car supposed to be driving around while you're at work uh, making you money? Yeah, yeah. What happened, Elon? Mm. Sorry, uh, Mr. Mr. Musk. And <laughs> <laughs> I'll just call him Musk. Mr. Musk conveys too much respect. He seems cool. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, I feel I feel highly qualified now to say how far away self-driving cars are. Yeah. I'm really surprised that the state of California um, allows Tesla to promise as much as they do. So can I mm, can I can I go down a, a please a, do a tangent here? I, but I think it makes sense. So I've actually I, I meant to put this in the thing and I, I just forgot to. Mm hmm. It it's it really really bothers me that Tesla is allowed to 
put features in the car and label them beta and then basically wipe their hands of it. I mean, I, I don't mean to get too far ahead. I know, I know we had some other article in the notes about this company that was able to trick autopilot into doing some some things that it, it shouldn't be doing. And Tesla's response in part was, you know, hey, you know, I forget what auto steering, I think is what they call it, is in beta. So, you know, hey, we're still we're still working on it. Like, how crazy is that, that they're allowed to put out these like test features in vehicles? Like it, to me, that's yeah, it, it is pretty it is pretty crazy. They're allowed to do it. Well, yeah, like at one, you don't get to have a forty eight hundred pound machine that can kill people and say it runs beta software. I mean, like I, I know cars and everything keep getting more complicated and stuff like that, and stuff's getting more computerized, no matter what kind of car it is. Um, but it seems like you shouldn't be able to do that. And also, like I don't really know how it's legal to um, push out software updates that aren't like because to get a car approved to be on the road, like doesn't it have to go through like a whole bunch of safety tests and stuff? It does. Like not just like crash tests, but like how are they able to? Because I assume Tesla's not sending that to. The N A N H T S A, what or whatever the yeah. I I think it's because those certifications and tests are done around. I was going to say the hardware, but the, the the you know the the car the car itself. I don't I don't really think car software is subject to any regulation unless it relates to automation. I I don't know. Well, no, but that's what it is. Like, because um, I'm looking on TechMeme right now, and apparently Tesla is rolling out a new update to Autopilot that allows drivers to have it do something without without lane changing. So or this something. is the I think I think we talked about this when it rolled out. Yeah, I'm sure we did because I was kind of down on it and, and still am. The the navigate on Autopilot feature, which is sort of a, an incremental enhancement to autopilot where you can plug in your destination and when you're on the freeway your car will if you're behind a slower car will recommend that you change lanes to go around and if you're going to change freeways it will kind of gradually move you over and transition you onto uh the next freeway but you you have to confirm every lane change so there's like a little prompt that comes up on the screen and then you have to move one of the two stocks to confirm like, hey, yeah, go ahead and make that lane change. But the rollout that they started, um, or the update rather, that they started rolling out today is going to make it so that people don't have to confirm the lane change and the car will just do it on its own. And that's the thing where, again, that's fairly, well, I guess it's not a fundamental change, but like that does change how the car operates post-sale. So I just don't necessarily see how that's legal. Yeah, I I don't I don't disagree. I don't exactly know how that works. Yeah, anyway. Um yeah, I think that's mostly it. All right. What uh I I want to delay or do you want to get air, air power out of the way or do you want to do the follow up? Well, actually, let's um let's do some follow up. Um how are you enjoying your 5G e-phone? Well, I mean, as I started alluding to um in my first experience with it in San Jose, not super impressed. I mean, isn't 5G supposed to be about 10 times faster? It's, it's, it's even an ugly logo. Like it's weird how small the E is. It just, it just looks, it just looks off centered. I don't know. Oh well, yeah. But I mean, it's 5G is 5G. <sighs> um, 
Yeah, for for yeah, eighteen. That seems like not worth it. I, I like I they did it with the four G thing, and I really and there was so much backlash when they did that um, carrier bundle change for the iPhone four S and faked it last time. It really seemed like there was a ton of backlash back then, and I I just don't see why they're doing it again. Like, what is the upside? Like, who actually thinks? Oh, I now have five G, and oh shit, it's as slow as AT and T normally is. Like, I don't. It seems like very little upside for him. It does. Um, also, it seems like very little upside. Uh, the fact that AT&T seems hell-bent on uh, destroying um, <laughs> all the brand equity in HBO. I don't know. But the, the piece of, uh, of follow-up that you have in here is that Randall Stevenson, the CEO of AT&T, um, was talking up what he or what his company gets out of the um, TV Plus channels. Is that what it's called? Uh, not... There's, there's no plus there. There's plus everywhere else, but I think it's just Apple TV Apple channels. TV channels, yeah. Okay, so yeah. So what's the story here? Well, so part of what Apple pitched, basically as part of every service they announced last week, was privacy because that's a core tenet of Apple, apparently. And you know, um, it turns out that. AT&T is getting some amount of data and to to be fair the the interview I think is a little vague so I I don't it's hard to say exactly if this is just kind of a um misinterpretation of what's being said or 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 whatnot but it it seems clear that AT&T is getting some type of data whereas you know Apple I think would have wanted you to believe coming out of the event last week that there was kind of a you know a wall between them and and all of these partners. Yeah, I mean, although even if um, Apple was extremely um, privacy, like I'm, I'm not just because I, I don't have any knowledge of it, so I can't say that they're they are or are not privacy focused. Since all of the like Apple's not rehosting the streams, like it, it's just an aggregation app that points to HBO's CDN servers. Like even without a whole ton of tight integration. Like, they can still see what IP address is streaming what file for how long. So, I mean, they're still going to get a lot of data. So, maybe that's what he's referring to. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see how all this stuff kind of shakes out. Um, yeah. Are the these channel deals, like, for all the pre-installed stuff, like, where um, Samsung and Sony smart TVs are going to have um, iTunes or Apple? Like, I, I don't know what the actual, like, software integration is going to be. Does that mean like the, that TV will run TVOS and you can do these channel deals? No. It means that, that these TVs are going to be running the TV app. But does that mean you can purchase like HBO through it? That's a good question. I, I don't know. And I think there's also some ambiguity around, I think like specifically like Amazon, where the TV app will surface Amazon shows to you like the, it'll make recommendations. But then when it comes to actually viewing the show, I think it still then kicks you out into the Amazon app. So I think there's, whereas like with HBO, everything is native to the TV app, meaning that the actual video itself plays within that app. So in, in the case of Amazon or any other service where, the content is is really like just indexed within the TV app, but then is played outside of that app. I also don't know how that would work on um, 
Vizio and these other third-party TVs that are that are getting the TV app. Although I, I think I just saw something today that I think it was Vizio um, is rolling out a, a beta version of their latest update, which is going to be the first one that has the TV app. So if that's the case, I think you know over the next few days we'll start to see people dig in in those kind of details. Because that was, I mean, that was kind of, I mean, not not to rehash last week's episode, but I think that was like a big takeaway from the event. Um, it's just, just the lack of detail across the board with all these services. Yeah, literally everything other than Apple News, which is what we'll get to next. Yeah, didn't really, it, again, didn't have a price, didn't have a firm release date, and the details were fairly, fairly scant. And that, um, you know, Apple, you know, like like good Apple from years ago. Hey. I mean, yeah, you're, I, supposed, to, you're I, supposed to be the the, the positive one. <laughs> not not if you listen to last week's episode. We we were we were really negative, but hmm. but but rightfully so. Um, so it says us. <laughs> you know that they really really paid attention to the details. That really was what set them apart. Like I, I, to Wait, me, who? like, a, huh? Uh, who paid attention to the details? Apple. About what? Well, so like, I'll give you an example. So with a new a new computer, like you remember, you know, five ten years ago, where you'd boot up a Windows computer for the first time, and it, it was just a it was a nightmare experience. There was like all this third party software, all these different options, things you had to opt out of. Like it was a terrible, terrible experience. Whereas like you boot up a Mac for the first time. And everything is very clearly thought out. There's a prompt to transfer your data over from a previous Mac if you had one or set up a brand new Mac. It was very well thought through. Like they were doing like they were doing something that was really obvious in concept, but nobody else really took the time to think through. And I don't know, like I think like far more alarming than something like air power, which we'll I guess we'll get to. Like that—that's the kind of stuff that makes me worry a little bit about Apple. So I, I don't—I don't feel like they think through those details in the way that they used to. I was also thinking about this. I don't know if you've listened to this week's upgrade, but like the way that Jason was referring to or describing his experience with the um, News Plus service, mm-hmm. it just—it just seems like a mess where it's just like nobody actually like sat down and tried to use it. So yeah, so actually, I thought you were saying the exact opposite thing. So yeah, so no, like there was a whole lack of, like it just feels like a lot of stuff has a lack of polish on it. So like, I mean, from that entire event, you can just see that Apple was like super thirsty for services revenue. So therefore, they bought Texture and um, kind of just rebranded most of the service in place, added a couple of features that make it more native. But again, because they wanted a big... um uh like number of participants right off the board that's where like um of mac stories uh federico vatici went and like counted how many of them are actually using like the the native format that works really well and which are just basically pdf copies of magazines and stuff and i forget the ratio was but it was a, a extremely large amount were just big pdfs which is not a problem but on a phone it's far less than ideal and, and yeah like when you're referring to this week's upgrade Jason, who is generally very patient to give something the benefit of the doubt or be thoughtful in in a, a critique, was like, yeah, a lot of it isn't quite as good as maybe was promised. Like it, even that Wall Street Journal partnership that people were super excited about, 
um, or thought it'd be a really good value for $10 a month versus the usual 40, I think that the Wall Street Journal charges where, yeah, like he, he found just reading a single article was difficult. It was difficult to um, favorite types of content that you want and have that bubble up to the top. So therefore you were just searching an A to Z list of news sources for a very long period of time to find what you actually want. Or it just seems, yeah, it doesn't have the level of polish that it normally does. Like, um, I don't think we have this in the show notes or there's no link to it, but apparently like um, people were showing that like, if you tried to like use Instapaper or share a link to an article, like that doesn't actually work. Um, there was an issue where iOS 12.2 whatever um, just like crashed on launch for tons and tons of people. So yeah, I mean, the, the polish isn't there, but I mean, that's not really what people are expecting out of Apple anymore, is it? Well, but I mean, I, I guess that's sort of the the point here, which is that's it's a really sad place to be with Apple, and that's again, like we'll we'll get to well, but, it, but like but, the air but power focus thing. Has changed. They're 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 focusing on revenue generate revenue generating activities. They don't care about the old stuff. Like they already have those customers, so therefore that's not where the attention of the company is. And that's been like the key to my frustration with 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 so much Apple stuff recently is if it's not a way to extract more money from customers, which again, I get that it's a corporation, that kind of stuff. Yeah, so much of the whimsy and the polish and a lot of the stuff that used to make Apple, Apple, like is is a lot of times just not there. Like like do you I'm sorry, do you use Pandora Premium or do you use Apple Music? I use Pandora Premium. Okay. Well, but but Apple Music is yeah, a super underwhelming product for a a category or like a service that Apple used to like I know the heyday of the iPod, like that's all gone, but Apple used to identify super super strongly as a music company. And iTunes and Apple Music are very very half-assed products. So anyway, so yeah, and then something, something Trojan horse, what was this about? Um, yeah, people are, um, well, actually two other things. And again, this is another thing I don't think we put in the notes, but Apple or somebody kind of Apple did one of those like, uh, leaks to the press where like just sources inside Apple say there was something about like there were 200,000 new subscriptions to Apple news in the first 48 hours or something like that. But it's on a free trial, so that's a meaningless number. So that's weird. And then also, if you start to think about that as a percentage of the iOS install base... That's super low. <laughs> yeah. Even if you... You know, you have to parse it for you know, some number of devices that have upgraded to iOS 12.2. It's, you know, US, US and Canada, I think, only. So, you know, you do have to kind of slice and dice the data a bit, but... Even if you make some pretty conservative estimates, it ends up not being a super high conversion rate. Yeah. And then, I mean, the alternative is um, there was this thing in uh, Vanity Fair about is uh, Apple News plus a Trojan horse. And I'm like, I, this is really hard to un, uh, to unpack or to think like, is this too forward thinking is the wrong word, but um or if people are too early with like the doom and gloom scenarios, but if Apple News Plus takes off, does this um, does this kind of screw over journalists because it reduces the and this is much of the reason that the Wall that sorry the Washington Post and the New York Times didn't want to participate in this. Like, does this dilute the value of a customer? Does this um, minimize um, brand presence and um, kind of highlighting? 
that this reporting and this kind of stuff is from your um from your publication and that kind of thing so yeah i mean there there are going to be a bunch of think pieces of whether or not apple news plus um and big like single fee aggregator uh new subscription things does that um hasten uh the demise of uh, a lot of journalistic companies and stuff like that we shall see yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, also in follow-up, Matt Pranzarino in uh, TechCrunch um, wrote up an Apple knowledge base article. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm, I'm trying not to be a hater, but like this is, <laughs> I think, is this, is this the uh, thing I pasted in Slack? One of the most buzzy announcements on stage <laughs> Uh, on Apple stage this week was Apple card. It's in-house card powered by uh, Goldman Sachs and MasterCard. Uh, People are intrigued for various reasons. Um, Oh no, this was it. In some ways, Apple getting into the credit card game was one of the tech uh, world's biggest finalies. This is, this is is horribly written Mm -hmm. or, or like not horribly written, but it's, it's, uh, it's like sponsored content. Like I, I don't, I get that this is something that people want, like these are unanswered questions that people want to know about. And um, Apple will generally look for uh, friendly publications or reporters to get their message out without just putting a big thing up on Apple's PR site saying, oh yeah, here's literally every which way that this upcoming product that we were kind of vague on the details intentionally about, like this is how it works. But this article, like, I mean, it's it's... Like it's not reporting; it's just uh, adding slight narrative around a bunch of Apple talking points and being incredibly uncritical about the product you're talking about. Yeah, I mean, I I guess I would just say, see last week's episode. <laughs> I feel like we we talked about this a lot, but yeah, it it is. Um, it's really frustrating that there's this there's this subset of individuals who cover apple where i mean apple can just do no wrong and it's like everything they put out there's some positive spin to and it's um i don't know it's like one of those things i guess i would have to like think about a little bit more and maybe actually you would even be better qualified just having your longer um, longer history of knowledge around apple like why why there are certain people who like cover apple this way well i mean but i mean i think you you brought this up last week which is access journalism yeah i mean that's that's part of it i i do think there's an element too of the turnaround that apple's had where maybe there's there's some people who kind of stuck with apple in those low times they continue to cover apple when kind of nobody cared about the company anymore and now that they've kind of, you know, turned things around, at least financially, there's sort of this feeling of like, well, I've like been here since the beginning. So I, you know, I'm going to stay. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I need to th- like think this through a little bit more, but there's, there is a weird, there's a weird element of coverage around Apple that I, I really don't see with any other tech company <laughs> where, <laughs> where there's just this effusively positive coverage. And it's it's. I can um, move one. There's one other company that gets this. Who? Eh, look in your driveway. 
Um, I think Tesla gets an uh, like an insane amount of uncritical you, coverage. You know, you did. No, you, you are you are a hundred percent correct. You are yeah. You're a hundred percent correct. I I think the counter would be the the counter coverage is a bit more vocal with Tesla than it is with Apple. I think maybe, but no, but um, I, but I, I, I totally, I'm, I'm on board with what you're saying. Yeah. While Apple cards, interest rates fail to break the mold in any major way. Uh, this this whole paragraph makes no sense. Apple will place users who sign up at the lower end of the tier that they land in due to their credit scores. So is he just vaguely saying that the PR rep told him that Apple is going to give a slightly better interest rate than they deserve? Like, none of this makes any sense. This is a bad credit card. Anyway, uh, some, something, uh, TV, Apple, whatever. That's fine. Uh, do you want to talk about air power or uh, do something else to couch the negativity <laughs> yeah the kindle's still fine oh yeah you know that, that's what i want to get to i don't really uh, I have want, a, a, I want I your, a formal well you you promised the listeners a detailed review this week yeah so i don't i'm, I'm gonna hold you to that sure so i mean i talked about it mostly last week and i'm not sure much has changed um it's fine like i, I really i like it but the, but again it's a 10 it's a over 10 year old product that fundamentally hasn't changed that much um the Kindle Oasis, which is the one that I have, um, feels great, super thin, good battery life. I wish it was USB-C, but it's it's a year and a half old, so I mean, whatever. Um, screen quality is great. The on-screen keyboard is surprisingly responsive. Like you would you would really you would really not expect it to work that quickly whenever you're typing something into it. Um, no, I mean it's pretty great. And as a distraction-free reading device, it's two thumbs up. So again, is it for everybody? I, I have no idea. But again, for somebody who is looking at it at a relatively small expense to try to unbreak their brain, eh, it's 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 worth it, even just for the placebo effect of thinking I'm a better human than I am. And you, are you happy with the fact that you went with the highest end Kindle? Do you have any second thoughts about that? Um. No, because again, I think we talked about this last week. I'm like, if you're going to try, if you're going to try to go do something like this, where you think, oh yeah, like, again, it's like, um, what's another thing? Like, it's like buying a a gym membership for an entire year. Like you have to, you, whenever you think you're going to fix something in your life, you have to go like whole ass into it. Otherwise, uh, like, yeah, like if I had said, oh, I only kind of like this Kindle and I'm going to try to read more and then it sat on a shelf. But I would say, oh, it's because I got the paperwhite. I got the cheap one. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's it's nice. Again, like the paperwhite, I like it's it's troubling only because like it's almost as good for like literally half the price, maybe even a little less. But the Oasis looks and feels really nice. And that's worth it. Because again, had I got the paperwhite that had 32 gigs of storage and cellular, which again, debatable whether either of those are necessary. I think it's only like a $120 difference. Are you still there? Yeah, apparently. Um, <laughs> I heard a Skype noise. Yeah, apparently uh, the lady in a can thought that I said her name. Oh. Which I'm, I'm, like, I'm like thinking back to what... It's it's pretty funny having the... Um, what the heck is the thing that I have called the the Sonos <laughs> soundbar that's got the lady in a can integrated? What am I thinking of? The, the, the Sonos sound... The, the Beam. Yeah, it's not a good name. 
It's not a good name. Not a very, not a very memorable name. Um, it's funny how how many things on TV trigger it. <laughs> the lady friend and I will just be watching some random show and it'll just like go off. Wait, and really? We'll, yeah, we'll sit there thinking like, no, but that what? seems like an entirely solvable problem. Like, can't how, wait? Like, really? Like, it seems like it would know what audio is coming into it and basically know ignore all waveforms that sound like what I'm currently playing. That's what. Hmm, that's a good point. <laughs> it, it evidently doesn't do that. <laughs> no, and also, I mean, because, yeah, that's tricky just because um, Amazon specifically has um, a sound signature that's silent to human ears that they can put in front of their own ads to not trigger um, the echo trigger word. So, yeah, so that's weird. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, so air power. So on Friday afternoon... <laughs> I I was overjoyed uh, when I got a push notification that said uh, Apple Care uh, cancels air, air power after two years, and I was like, "Yes." Not that, and and we're not going to talk too much about air power specifically, um, but I just wanted to reflect slightly on the reason why I was so happy about it, and also the fact that you think this is an overblown story. So we will we will cover both things, um, as we frequently talk about. Like I just think. Apple is really, really, really arrogant in recent years to the point where, um, and I'm not even talking about uh, Tim or sorry, that's uh, Steve Jobs arrogant, uh, Steve Jobs arrogance of uh, we're going to make this thing and we're going to remove a bunch of features from it because as Apple, we know better for our customers than they know for themselves. Like that's been the product design arrogance that Apple's had for a really long time and that's fine. And for the most part, that led to restraint in creating the iPod and the iPhone and stuff like that that was overall better for consumers and stuff like that. But um, under Tim Cook, that has led to pre-announcing products, and that was extremely evident in the services event and also evident with AirPower, uh, where a product that apparently, like if you're canceling it 18 months later, was not in any form ready to ship. So that's really weird to announce during an iPhone launch event only because you want to say that we at Apple know better than everybody else. And we're not just going to ship some half-assed uh, QI charger. We're going to do it our own way where you can throw up to three devices on it any way you want to. And we don't care if it's actually feasible. Our engineers will figure it out. So I don't know. Like I'm just happy that Apple stumbles and falls on its face when they deserve to, just because like, Again, going back to what you said earlier about like the lack of like Apple, I don't know. It feels different. I know like this is just growing pains with a really big company, but it feels like Apple, like old Apple, generally didn't pre-announce stuff that totally wasn't ready, and also didn't release a bunch of stuff that was as half-assed as they recently do. I don't know. <sighs> Where to even start? Um, I I just don't think this is that big of a deal. And I, I think there, are, and I, the reason that I'm so hung up on that is because I just think there are a thousand other things that, if someone who, someone like us who's you know becoming more critical of Apple and is a little bit more concerned of their current direction, there, there's a thousand other things you can point to that I think are more worrisome than this Air Power announcement. Like there, there is. Not a single person outside of the most hardcore Apple nerds who even remember what AirPower is. I mean, the the only Disag thing you disagree. Could, 
I think a lot of people didn't know what air power was called, but I, I, I know the people have asked, oh yeah, well like what's with the, what's the deal? Wasn't Apple making, doesn't Apple make their own wireless charger? Like I think totally people remember that that was a thing. I mean, the, the thing that I, that I do think is an issue that is a little bit more relevant is the fact that these um, new second generation AirPods with the wireless charging case that have sh- been shipped out, the fact that they reference air power. I, I do think that's a problem. I, th- I think that's, that's something that like real people outside the T word circle will see and be like, huh? But other, other than that, a quick point of clarification, do you, do you think that the second gen AirPods have been sitting in a factory ready to go and they just were waiting on air power to be settled? I mean, the evidence strongly suggests that. Yeah. I mean, they're, you, you look at these boxes that are shipping out, it's a, they're all dated 2018. They all reference air power. Do you think that from day one, the air power or sorry, that the AirPods second gen case was going to be QI compatible? Or do you think that was added when they found that AirPower might not ship or was being more problematic? No, because AirPower was always um, pitched as a kind of extension of Qi. It wasn't Hmm. something that was totally different. It was just something that was kind of like Qi 1.5, basically. Hmm. So yeah, no, I I think the AirPods were always going to work with standard Qi chargers, but then they were also going to be compatible with kind of Apple's fork of it. Got it. But I just, I I mean, I just, I just don't, I just don't think AirPower itself is that big of a deal. Yes, Apple shouldn't have announced it as early as they did, but at, at the end of the day, it's what would have been an overpriced accessory that I don't really think that many people would have been interested in. And again, the, the reason I'm so hung up on this and the reason why like I think it's it's a it's a big thing to talk about is because I think focusing on air power and all the kind of shenanigans around it is just it's the wrong thing to focus on. I think there are 10 other things that people who are concerned about Apple should be thinking about above air power. Alternatively, it's the perfect thing to focus on because it encapsulates everything else that you're referring to. It, it captures arrogance. It count, uh, captures pre-announcing stuff, and it captures Apple's um, seeming inability to focus on multiple things at once. But pre, I mean, pre-announcing things isn't that big of a di- issue for Apple, right? I mean, they don't have some long history. Actually, of... no. They, I mean, I don't. I, I I would say they don't. Um, like yeah, they they generally don't pre-announce stuff. Like they'll only, like the only thing they've pre-announced more than six months out or exactly six months out was the Apple Watch, and that was only because that was a product that would have just leaked so spectacularly through supply chain stuff and FCC um, product reviews, and they didn't want their the thunder to be stolen from that. But otherwise, like Apple, whatever they announce usually ships within a month. Yeah, I like I don't know. Like it just feels like I I totally get that I I get your complaint that you think that most of this is just a bunch of um like technology industry uh journalists pushing really really hard on one specific product that the general public doesn't care about. And I will mostly give you that. 
but I do think it's a product that is very like it, it, it is an example that speaks to a lot of other stuff about the company that is very hard to um, to put your finger on. And I know you, you seem to be have taken a specific issue with um, German's reporting of it, which I have found very interesting. Well, because German has been very much in the camp of like air power is like. If you're concerned about Apple, air power is like the thing that you should look to. Like, this is a complete disaster. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that, that's just wrong. It is 100% right. <sighs> How is it not? Because air power is a meaningless accessory. But it's not the specific product. It's everything it represents. Oh, well, actually, and, and we're leaving out the best part. Um, what was the... Hold on. TechCrunch, because again, it was, I think uh, TechCrunch also got the first word about this one too. Uh, TechCrunch, okay, Apple. Because um, the way that they phrase this was the absolute best from Apple. After much effort, we concluded AirPower will not achieve our high standards and we have canceled the project. We apologize to these customers who were looking forward to this launch, blah, 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 blah. Uh, wireless feature. For like, how has Apple not said anything about the butterfly keyboard? Like, how does that meet their high quality standards? But that's, but, but, that, but that, those that's are related my, issues. No, 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 no. But that, that's my exact point. The, the keyboard is a great example of something that should concern fans of Apple. It does. We just can't type our response because our keys don't work. <laughs> no, but that, but that's the, the keyboard is a really good example of that's the type of thing that people should be focusing on, not some meaningless accessory. Wouldn't <laughs> well, wouldn't Tim Cook say that Macs are a meaningless accessory for iPhones? <laughs> um, I I agree, but like. <sighs> Air, air, air power is so a lot of what you're talking about around arrogance of the company, etc. Yes, air power is an example of that, but it's not exhibit A. It's not even exhibit H. I mean, there's there's a whole lot. <laughs> there's a whole laundry list of things that people should be more focused about. They should be focused on things like the butterfly keyboard. They should be focused on the absolute mess that is the Mac laptop line. They should be concerned about the company's sort of mixed messaging around like what an iPad is, whether it truly is a productivity device or not, and how it's not gotten any kind of specific you know, productivity-focused iOS features. There's this whole list of things that are way more... This whole, the whole services event last week... There's so many things that people who are concerned about Apple should be focused on. And air power is this huge distraction that nobody outside of a relatively small handful of people care about. It's it's, it's just the wrong thing to focus on, I think. We have the attention span to focus on both. (laughs) So last, did we talk about Joanna Stern's keyboard thing last week? Or did that also happen on the, like, it's been a long week. I, I don't I don't remember. I don't remember if we talked about it online or offline, but that that was pretty good. So I don't think we did, but yeah, you could put a link in the show notes where yeah, she had an amazing video like cause she like the Wall Street Journal's video team and uh, her personal tech column 
like it's really good and the it's a four minute video that she did um featuring live butterflies and it was a very very good uh representation of why the um butterfly keyboard is is super shitty and as is one of the worst tech products ever they even did some cool interactive stuff on the journal's website where there's a javascript thing that uh, allows you by default the um the article hides all the letter e and r's which is, which is just really 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 good but there's little switches where you can turn that back on but the frustrating part about it or like the great part but also still frustrating is that the, the, it had it had to be something very public in the Wall Street Journal that to get Apple to admit that the product is is or to even reference that the product has some problems. Like people have been complaining about this shit design for three years because it's been horribly unreliable. In three different teardowns, Apple has shown that they're trying to fix it, sort of, but they won't back down from this shit design. So people have been claiming for years and Apple just keeps doing these free $600 um, top case replacements. Cause that's literally all that they can do because it's such a poorly integrated design, but it takes Joanna Stern doing a 1200 word article on a video in the wall street journal. And that's the first time that Apple publicly admits that, Oh yeah, the, the design is having some challenges. I don't know. And that like, that's, that's just another Apple thing that people just have to, because like Apple has a monopoly on Mac computer, and I'm not saying that Apple needs to license OS 10 and stuff like that. I mean, like that's a different conversation. But like just for the past three years, if you need to replace your Mac laptop, it sucks. You have to buy one of these computers, and you just have to be really, really careful. Otherwise, you're gonna have crunchy keys, and when you're navigating Excel stuff, it your up arrow won't work reliably. I think that's it. Uh, we got anything else? I'm trying to see if there's anything else super timely trying to keep this one a little shorter for your benefit oh thanks bud um i think think that's that's all the big stuff that i can see uh patagonia telling uh finance bros to fuck off that's pretty great (laughs) um uh there was one other thing um going back in the thing oh yeah this is very very bay area centric but did you ever apparently this happened last uh last fall that the um oakland athletics were suggesting that they were going to build a ballpark in jack london square Mm -hmm. i did see this yeah do you think that's ever going to happen it's hard to say um there's definitely an appetite on the athletics part to move out of the coliseum but it's it, it, it's the economics and the politics of moving to a new location are are really tough. So it, it's it's hard to say. Is Oracle Arena like is it is it going to be used for anything after the season? I I think it's I think they're still planning on keeping it open. Although it's it's really going to get squeezed out because presumably any big name act that comes to the Bay area is probably going to want to look at the chase center now. Yeah. So yeah, it's hard, hard to say. So yes, I mean, it seems like why not? Cause like in, in Jacqueline square, I like, I know it's already a kind of a congested area and that kind of stuff, but it, it would offer a lot of similar things to, um, phone company park, uh, in San Francisco. 
where you get uh, like ferry service and all that kind of stuff. Jacqueline Square is an up and coming area of of Oakland. Um, and like it, the designs, even though I know these are all like, they're of course CGI and all like very, um, aspirational, but it, 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 um, like it showcases like the industrial and also new features of Oakland really nicely. I don't know. feels like the A's deserve a better stadium just because they're actually better than the Giants, um, in recent memory. So why the hell not? I mean, the, the, the Coliseum is, <laughs> it, it's rough. I don't, it's I don't concrete. know. You... It's, 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 it's a lot of concrete. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's not as fun, but the ch- food's much cheaper. So that's, that's some silver true, lining. True. Yeah. Um, and then there was one other thing. Yeah, I think that's mostly it. Uh, all right. You got, uh, you got a pick, uh, you got a chef special. I do. Um, and I'll send this to you in the thing. So I've mentioned a couple of times that, you know, I've I've been really into Ooh. this whole sous vide thing, um, and so uh, I, I think a key part of that whole setup is having a vacuum sealer. You can do you know you can just use like a um, Ziploc bag, but it's kind of this whole process you have to go through to get that to work. And so um, it just happened to be that at the time that that I got the sous vide, that Costco had this uh food saver two-in-one vacuum sealing system on sale and so i i picked that up and have been using it alongside the sous vide and it's it's great super easy to use um and you know it, it kind of allows you to go through this whole um routine where you can load up on a bunch of you know we, we usually just use it for like proteins like chicken steak whatever where you can load up on some 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 steaks some chicken breasts etc and vacuum seal them and it's a little bit of an effort to get everything you know put away and put in the freezer but once you do you've got super easy meals ready to go for like the next couple of months so yeah i i really um i really like this thing yeah, that's good. The um, I forget if it's called the immersion or the submersion method of Ziploc bags. It's it's uh, it, it takes some practice to otherwise. Yeah, it is kind of um, uh, tedious. But yeah, the food saver. Um, the one hesitation I've always had about this is: is this kind of like a printer ink type thing? Do do they? Is it the bags where they get you, or is this a brand where they don't um, kind of needle you with that? Um. Well, I mean, you can. You can kind of use any bags you want to. There's nothing really stopping you. Oh, so um, you could use a Ziploc bag if you wanted to? Well, you couldn't use a Ziploc bag, but like you can any kind of third-party um plastic bag like this, you could So there's probably like an Amazon Basics or something like that. I'm I'm sure, yeah. Um but I mean Costco sells the bags too and they're they're pretty reasonably priced and they I mean they last forever. Like we, we I've had it since um, I guess maybe sometime, <clears throat> sometime around like October of last year and still have the original box of bags. So, hmm. And I'm sorry, with this, are you, um, are you preparing food in the, uh, bag, freezing it, and then you just toss it in the sous vide to cook it? Or do you cook it first and then freeze it? what's your process no so we'll we'll just we'll take like steaks or chicken breasts or pork chops just out of their costco packaging 
individually vacuum seal them, throw them in the freezer, and then, you know, an hour or two before you want to eat, you just take one out of the freezer, pop it in the sous vide, and then you're good to go. Are you getting fancy like the product pictures and uh, throwing in some uh, <laughs> some seasonings or some rosemary in there first? So the, the the one thing we haven't really tried yet, which I I definitely want to, is is to experiment with some marinades. Mm-hmm. We we've been just putting in stuff unmarinated. Ooh. Um, can I? Uh, are are you doing steaks? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you should. I forget his name. Kenji. Uh, if you go to if you Google for uh, seriouseats.com, uh there's a guy named um J. Kenji Lopez. He has the definitive uh guide for how to do a perfect sous vide steak. And he has a very good section on um how to put the right um aromatics and um marinades and stuff to really uh, up your sous vide game. Hmm. So yeah, so he he's taught uh he, he mentored us at Sherman Washing Machine. It's it's very good. Hmm. Excellent. Have you done a sous vide chicken yet? Uh, just chicken breasts. How'd it turn out? Oh, excellent. But then what, what do you add? So if you're not marinating it, what are you adding to it to make it taste like something afterward? Yeah. So we'll, we'll finish it off on the grill pan just to get some char marks on it. Mm-hmm. And then there is a sauce that Trader Joe's sells that's called soyaki. Hmm. As the name implies, a combination of soy and teriyaki sauce. You put just a little bit of that on chicken. Very, very good. Nice. Sounds good. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I totally had one, and now I don't remember what it was. So I will... um, You know what? Trader Joe's has some pretty good uh, Thai chili lime cashews. Let's go with that, because I've... Forgot the good one that I had. <laughs> um, nope. Yeah, can't find it. 